Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Get Back In My Lane podcast. I'm Keith, I'm your host. Let's get it. So first off, I've got to apologise because the audio on the last podcast was beyond awful. Different volumes for different segments. Um, I think there was scratching noise. It just wasn't good in any way, shape or form. I'm embarrassed. I didn't want to listen to it. So I don't blame you for not wanting to listen to it. Today will be different. I promise. So it's time to talk. And by talk, I am referring to this podcast topic is WNBA jerseys, which should be quite a lighthearted topic, right? What is there to be not lighthearted about? Well, the inspiration behind this is time to talk is a tweet from Kelsey Plum. And it was off the back of an original tweet from NBA 2K, who posted um, an image with who's rocking one of our featured WNBA jerseys this season. Kelsey Plum replied to it saying, bro, I'm sick of this. Where is the Asia Wilson jersey? And when you look at the image, there are five jerseys. Uh, Candice Parker, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, and Courtney Vandersloot. Five WNBA players, all worthy of having their jerseys repped there. But Kelsey Plum brings up a decent point. The MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And this wasn't a graphic from, you know, six months ago. Not by any stretch. This was days ago from from when I'm recording this. So, Asia's been MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, WNBA champion. How How is that jersey missing? And so it brings up a number of questions. And the first place that I went to was, well, you know what, I don't know the best sellers for this season. So maybe that was the top five selling jerseys. That would make sense, right? NBA 2K, who work closely with the NBA and, and WNBA and obviously have licensing for them. They would know who the top selling jerseys are this year. Now, there doesn't seem to be any reports on who the top jersey sales were for this year. So I thought, okay, so maybe they've just speculated popular players, past history, Maybe they've just replicated it for, for this particular graphic. So I went back and I thought, well, you know what? I'll go back to 2019. Let's let's really see who the top five to seven players were each season for WNBA jersey sales. So if you look in 2019, number one, Elena Deladon. Number two, Asia Wilson. Number three, Candice Parker. Number four, Diana Taurasi. Number five, Sue Bird. Go ahead to 2020. Sue Bird, DT, Candice Parker, Sabrina, Maya Moore, Asia. 2021, Sabrina, Sue, DT, Asia, Brie, Candice. Those were the top selling jerseys of previous years. Asia Wilson is in every single one of those lists. So why not on a NBA 2K graphic it makes no sense whatsoever it, it just doesn't can somebody explain to me how the MVP of the league isn't included on that graphic now playing devil's advocate which I love to do Sue Bird Diana Taurasi of course their jerseys will be repped on there they were the cover stars of NBA 2K23. And there was obviously some online debate about should they be doing it? Should it be them? Should there be somebody else? Should it not be 
uh, Big Seal and Sue as they're both retiring this year and they've had such impactful careers. I'll come on to that. But that's where we're at with it. Asia Wilson in 2019, 2020 and 2021 was in the top five to six sales of jerseys every single year. So then it made me think otherwise. It really got me thinking, okay, so so if she's clearly, clearly been in the top sales every year and her accolades this year were worthy of of representing her, why would why would she not have been included? So I did a little, did a little bit of research. And there's a fantastic article by uh, I think it's Alex Azzi, is it? Uh, it's an NBC article from Alex Azzi, who you can follow on Twitter at Alex Azzi NBC. And the article is entitled Don't Be Mis- Misled by the WNBA's Top 10 Jersey List. So that's a good starting point. So this article is from a year ago, but the most recent stats for popular jerseys um, is on there. So they they also go on to highlight the top, I think it's 10 jersey sales from that year. And the first kind of in bold headline that they've got is the problem with the WNBA's top 10 jersey list. Now, again, I appreciate the five that NBA 2K have, have pumped out there aren't representative of the WNBA. But again, you would imagine being so closely married to one another that actually there'd be some kind of correlation there so the problem with the WNBA's top 10 jersey list the article says there are 144 players in the WNBA but fewer than 20 currently have ready to ship jerseys available in the WNBA's official online store and of that uh, of the group of 20 only some players have both youth and adult jerseys versions available for sale what that means is if you're looking at any of the 120 plus other players, you're going to have to customise your jersey. Fewer than 20. Even if, even if as a league you think, you know what, we don't want to have, you know, everybody available because there might be some costs involved in doing that, in terms of production and storage and um, marketing. Even if you don't do that, could you have? the top five, could you have the starting five from every team? 12 teams, five players per team. Could you do that? Could you do, could you do the top three players from every team? Why not, right? And yet here we are with 20 or roughly 20 players having ready to ship jerseys available. Some of the players the article mentions who are not available are Tina Charles, Sylvia Foles, uh, Jewel Lloyd, and even the AP Player of the Year, John Quill Jones. Stunning, absolutely stunning that you'd need to customise a jersey to get the player that you want, even though those players are stars. Incredible. And actually... The the almost comical part of it is, um, as the article mentions, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Lynx, the only player with a ready-to-ship jersey on WNBAstore.com is Maya Moore, 
who herself hasn't worn a Lynx jersey since 2018. Now, that, that could be played off as, well, she was the most popular at the time. She's still, you know, the most searched for, whatever it may be, whatever the metric is that they are using. You, I mean, you could justify that in a way. The article also says, if you're a fan of the Seattle Storm, you could spend $99 on a Brianna Stewart jersey that ships out immediately. But if you want a Jewel Lloyd jersey, that order is going to cost you $129. So to customise a jersey costs you more, which means that you're then hemmed in to certain players. It just, as a league, that makes no sense. You're actively hampering your product. You're limiting players. You're limiting their potential to get exposure and gain from it and get outside interest from marketing uh, for marketing opportunities. You're actively hurting your league by having your players not known like they should be. If you're if you're a fan of if you're a fan of the Lynx, if you're a new fan of the Lynx, so in 2019, let's say you became a fan, so you don't know, you've never seen Maya Moore play, never. So then, who do you who do you look for a jersey of? And if there isn't a jersey of your team, or sorry, there is a jersey, it's Maya Moore. You, you don't know her. You can't you can't relate to her. You can't acknowledge what she's done with with kind of current sentiment. All you can do is look back. So then would you think, oh, okay, you know what, I'll have a Maya Moore one because at least it's links. Or would you think, oh, I just won't bother? Or would you be happy to drop another $30 in order to secure the jersey that you want? It's really challenging when the league actively hurts itself. And it must be so frustrating for players who do an incredible job online of promoting themselves and the league by engaging in conversation constantly, the constant dialogue, only to have the league do something like this. And again, this is from 2021. And without the, the top-rated jerseys from 2022 being available, it's difficult to use any other kind of metric at the moment. The article then goes on to say, WNBA's top jersey list shows racial bias. Now, if you go back to the NBA 2K graphic, you had um, Courtney Vandersloot, Sue Bird, Dinah Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, Candice Parker. Four white players and one black player. If that's the the discussion point here is racial bias and racial imbalance. When you look at the top players in the league, and again we come back to Asia Wilson, why is she not included? Why? How is that? I, I, I know all I can kind of muster up is how. How how is that not possible? How is she not how has she not been included? But it makes no sense. Even if you look at and again this is maybe a stretch in terms of time frames, but if you look at the last MVP winners over the last what should we go back to a decade? So twenty twenty two, let's go to. In twenty twelve, Tina Charles. Twenty thirteen, Candace Parker, twenty fourteen, Maya Moore, twenty fifteen, Elena Deladon. 2016, Neko Ngurmike. 2017, Silver Fowles. 2018, Brianna Stewart. 2019, Elena Deladon. 2020, Asia Wilson. 2021, John Quell Jones. 2022, Asia Wilson. Predominantly black players as MVP within that period of time. So how is it that jerseys 
don't accurately reflect that in the listings. The article says, in the hours since the WNBA released its top 10 jersey list, plenty of headlines have celebrated Sabrina's number one spot on that list, often without the authors digging into the factors at play. This is especially concerning given the role that racial bias plays in the composition of the top 10 jersey list. While over 80% of WNBA players are black, half the women on the list are white, including four of the top five. Earlier this year, PhD student Rissa Icard and Nicole Melton, I hope I pronounced your names correctly, published research on the role that race plays in media coverage of WNBA players. They found that during the 2020 WNBA season, regular season MVP Asia Wilson received half as much coverage as Sabrina, who played in three games before getting injured. Their research also found that on the whole, white players received twice as many media mentions as black players. And so then we go back to the MVP winners of the last decade from 2012 all the way up to 2022. Elena Deladon, Brianna Stewart, Elena Deladon. Three out of 11. Three out of 11. Or if we're gonna go for just a straight decade, three out of 10, 30% of players were white, 70% were black, and yet when it comes to representation in the media, it's a different story. The research also, um, sorry, not the research. Um, actually, no, sorry, I think the research does also show um, Sorry, I'm getting confused here. Sports Business Journal went on to say the WNBA's press releases in 2020 only showed a bias towards scorers. The more players scored, the more often press releases mentioned them. And that's that would make sense, right? The league, every league is attracted to scoring high numbers. That's why leagues try and make um, games high scoring regardless of the sport. So that, that makes complete sense. But it also says the league's leading scorer in 2021, Tina Charles, should have a ready-made jersey available for purchase if that's the case. So let's let's visit that. If Sabrina, if Sabrina was getting twice as many mentions, sorry, uh, yeah, basically twice as much coverage as Sabrina, Agent Wilson was getting half as much coverage as as Sabrina. And if we're saying that is based predominantly on scoring, let's visit that. So. Asia Wilson has played in the league from 2018 to 2022. And Sabrina has played from 2020 to 2022. So a slightly shorter career. Scoring averages per season. In 2020, Sabrina was 18.3 points per game. And Asia Wilson was 20.5. In 2021, 11.7 to Sabrina. 18.3 for Asia and 2022, 17.4 for Sabrina, 19.5 to Asia. This isn't uh, um, against Sabrina at all. This isn't, it's not even about her. But as an example, by numbers and using um, popularity of Jersey and exposure and mentions, it then becomes very clear that that scoring is not the main thing uh, and I appreciate that is just one example but like the article says Tina Charles should have had a jersey 
that was already available because because she was the lead, league's leading scorer. The article finishes off by saying, of course, none of this happens in a vacuum and all of it compounds with time. Media mentions lead to marketability and marketability in turn likely plays a role in jersey availability and selection, which then leads to jersey sales and rinse and repeat. And I can completely see that. If a player is given more exposure, they become more noticed. And when they're more noticed, people want to invest in them more. And when they want to invest in them more, they want to buy a jersey. And when they want to buy a jersey, there is more exposure. And when there's more exposure, and so on and so forth. And that is why we go back to my point about how the league is hurting itself by not exposing more players, not giving them more exposure. The more people see either people that look like them or personalities, the more the league will flourish and thrive. It just makes sense. And even, and I'm not saying Netflix would, would, would pick up uh, a documentary like this, but they've, they've got obviously a history that the template has been set with Drive to Survive for F1. Netflix has made F1 popular among a different demographic and a different audience, different countries, because of a documentary. And even if the WNBA didn't want to go down the Netflix route, maybe based on cost, because everything is cost-related seemingly, maybe they produce their own. Maybe they put that out there. And I'm not talking the documentaries that they do at the moment where it's two to three minutes on NBA cities, 12 cities, whatever it's called. It's so irrelevant as, a, as an insight to anything. It, ju- it just is disappointing when you've got so many personalities doing so many cool things and yet the league almost actively avoids it because it might, what, shine a light on their product? Shine a light on players? If they created a documentary following players throughout a season, I would be sure that you would see a different demographic and a different audience talking about it certainly the mentions would go up. And not that social media is everything, but it's definitely visibility. Why can they not do that? 12 cities doesn't even scratch the surface. It almost does a disservice to what the league actually can produce. It just makes no sense. And if we're talking about exposure, let's go down this route as well. Sylvia Foles and Sue Bird both retired. And again, this is not about building one person up by knocking somebody else down. It's absolutely not that. Both players had unbelievable careers. Let me just talk about highlights just for a second. Sue Bird, four-time WNBA champion, five-time all-first team, three-time all-second team, three-time assist leader, two-time peak performer on the WNBA 10th, 15th, 20th and 25th anniversary teams. Big Seal, two-time WNBA champion, two-time finals MVP, one-time MVP of the league, uh, three-time first team, five-time second team, four-time defensive player of the year, eight-time all-defensive first team, three-time all-defensive second team, two-time block leader, three-time rebounding champion, all-rookie team, and 25th anniversary team. That's just skimming the surface of what both ladies accomplished. Incredible, incredible accomplishments. Both should be quite rightly celebrated, and yet it really felt like one of them was not celebrated appropriately. And that it was almost an afterthought. And it was only an afterthought when people started to raise it as a point. And Big Sil has talked about this herself. It really felt like Sylvia Foles was being forgotten for retirement. And it's difficult. It must be difficult, right? You've got stunning players throughout the league who have done some incredible things retiring at the same point. So then what do you do? Do you celebrate them both equally? Do you, do you kind of 
ignore one to promote the other? Do you alternate? How do you do it? As somebody who has both a wife and a mum who celebrate birthdays on the same day, it's difficult. I understand that. But how are you forgetting Big Seal until almost the last month of the season? The disrespect is unreal. And if we're talking about documentaries and we're talking about highlighting people and what they can do on and off the floor, tell me that Big Seal and her, her mortuary exploits aren't talk-worthy, insight-worthy. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense how the league consistently, actively avoids and hurts its own product. So then we go back full circle. NBA 2K and its five jerseys that it had listed on the graphic. Could have just been an oversight. Could have just been an oversight. But with everything else that I've just talked about, it feels like something different. It feels like either a lack of knowledge on NBA 2K's part. It, it just feels how... If you ignore, if you take everything else off the table and you only look at, we want the best players representing the league... Aja Wilson needs to be on there. Tell me somebody else who should be on there. Who else should be the five on there? Who? I would love to know. Hit me up at Get Back In My Lane on Twitter. I would love to know who your five would be on that jersey, on the jerseys, on that graphic. Um, I'm going to be bringing many more talking points to the table. I'm going to be bringing many more lists. Way too early takes and a whole bunch more. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm just disappointed in the WNBA. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. But no, truthfully, thank you for listening. I will be back real soon with some more takes and some more topics. Until then, stay well.